Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I know you're familiar with this. But I honestly need you to just sort of set aside what you think you know so God can speak to us today. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I'd only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I'd have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and in special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So what is Paul talking about? We hear this used all the time in funerals. I've heard it in how many weddings. We use it in so many different ways. But I want you to look at what Paul was getting at. And to do that, you're going to have to back up. And and today you can read, after we read our reading plan, we can read chapter 12. And in chapter 12, Paul begins to tell us about the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. And he gives every one of us a gift. Now, mind you, these lists that we see in chapter 12, it's not a complete list. Like, this is not the only gifts the Spirit gives. We can gather through other scriptures different gifts that come along. But there's different kinds, it says. There's different services for everybody, which tells me I don't have to worry that I can't pray like I see Diane pray. That's her gift. Doesn't mean it's necessarily my gift. Does that make sense to everybody? Because sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. Oh, if I only had faith like Sandy does back there, man. Whew. But that's her gift. 
And not everybody's gifts are the same. So some of the things that he talked about, the ability to give wise advice or a word of wisdom, maybe your translation says. Some people can give a message of special knowledge, a word of knowledge. Some people have great faith. Some people have a gift of healing or performing miracles, prophesying, discerning whether these messages are from the Spirit of God or a spirit of man. Be careful, church, because not everything preached out of the Bible comes from the spirit of God out of somebody's mouth. And people have a discernment to understand that. Speaking in unknown languages, or maybe your verse says tongues, people have that gift, and how to interpret those languages. So this is what Paul is talking about in chapter 12. He's talking about the many parts. He goes on describing the way the body of Christ is. We are the body. We have different things that we each do. We've heard that sermon time and time again. If you're not doing your part, we're limping along in the body of Christ, right? And then in verse 28, he describes all those body parts and what they do. And then verse 29 and 30, he says, we will not all have these gifts and parts in the same way. You've heard that scripture. The hand is not the same as the foot, right? We all have different gifts. I even have a curriculum one of these days that I'd really like us to, to work through in a class together. And it's about discovering what your gifts are. And I'm not talking about your talents. There's a difference between talent and gift. Because people can have the talent to sing, but you still have to have the gift from God to lead worship and bring the Spirit. Does that make sense? So so one of these days we'll work through this. But in chapter 12, the end of verse 31 Paul says, here's one of my favorite words, but, so here's all these gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Let me show you the way of life that's best of all. Paul says, these are some of the wonderful gifts that the Spirit gives us. And we're, we're supposed to be using these gifts to help one another, to help the church out, to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. But, but, let me show you a way of life that's best of all. So church, sometimes we can over-inflate the importance of those gifts. We don't mean to. It's not intentional all the time. But we can get so focused on prophesying. We can get so focused on healing even. Paul says, but we got to love with all of that. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you may even have an experience of, of being in a church that is so churchy. They just forget to love people. And maybe they had all these gifts in that church. And we're not excluded. You see, that's that's why you every once in a while have to just examine attitudes, because we're not excluded from that. I think we have a beautiful church. I think we do an awesome job of loving and loving our community. But sometimes we, we have to hear these messages 
to ensure we stay that way. So he says, but let me show you a way that's best of all. And he begins with us, and he says, if I, could, if I could speak in these languages, whether it's all the languages of the earth or like angels, but I'm not loving anybody. What does it matter? I'm not doing anything. I'd be a, a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Well, y'all are so lucky I couldn't come up with a cymbal this morning. I would have crashed those things. Yeah. I thought about getting the drum set out, but I didn't. I had a flat tire and I didn't get here in time for that this morning. And everybody said, amen. Who let the air out of my tire this morning? <laughs> I swear my husband did. He, he done said he had let the air out of my tire just so he could ride to church in his truck with me this morning. <laughs> So verses 1 through 3, Paul goes through there and he says, you can have all of these wonderful gifts and miss it if you don't love people. And then verse 4 through 7, what is love then? Because you're like, but these are, these are things God gave me. Yep, but here's what love is. <laughs> oh, love. I love these scriptures. And I have used them in different ways over the years as a, a way to examine our attitudes. I've used it with young girls in, in teen class of when you're talking about a, a, a relationship with a young man, if, if this is not how he is behaving towards you, there ain't no love there, it's lust. There's a difference. Love is patient and kind, not jealous, not boastful, not proud, not rude, doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. Doesn't keep a record of being wronged. You see, when we forgive out of the love, not because we like somebody, but because God loved us first, right? Because we can only give the love we have from God. Because if I'm left to myself, I'm not always real loving. Not always real loving towards other people. When I read through verse 4 through 7, and I looked at these things about not keeping record, not being rude, um, never giving up, never losing, I just thought to myself, Lord, I'm sorry. I struggled this week. In fact, I struggled so hard I had to write an apology to a friend of mine, a friend, not an associate, a friend who I've loved for years. Because I realized after we had our conversation, I thought, I think I came off very rude in that conversation. And yes, you can guess what it was probably we were talking about, COVID. Vax or unvaxed. And I'm talking a friend I, I dearly, dearly love. And when I drove home, I thought, I don't think that was a good conversation. I mean, we didn't leave there screaming at each other or nothing like that, okay? It wasn't like that. But I just thought about some things that we said to one another that I thought, I don't know how she took that. So I wrote an apology. And I told her, I said, I know your experience, my experience, we've had just two separate experiences here, and you've got voices you listen to, I've got... So I said, I apologize if I came off rude and crude, and I said, because you are a dear friend that I would never want 
to lose. Because I realized I don't know if she heard love in what I was saying. Understand this, I wasn't apologizing for anything that I said that, because I believed in everything we talked about. But it was how I presented it. Church, do you understand me? Sometimes it's the facial expressions. Sometimes it's the tone of voice. <laughs> doesn't mean that you're speaking an untruth. It doesn't mean that you're trying to be hateful towards people. But we got to be cautious right now. And you guys know, it's been a week of, woo! You know what my hubby's in the middle of right now. Woo! Paul says, we can have all of these gifts. But we got to remember, even with the gifts, we don't have the complete picture of everything. As, as a pastor, I do my very, very best to, to tune in to God, to, to read the scriptures, to, to study the scriptures. But guess what? I still don't have it all. Because I don't have the picture that he does from above. Do you see that? We're still living in impartial, incomplete information in every situation that we are. And so Paul says, these wonderful gifts, what did, what did he say in, in verse 8? He said, you can prophesy, you can speak in these unknown languages, you can have special knowledge, but what? It'll all become useless. But love, love lasts forever. What's that saying? Always err on the side of love. Because here's the deal. My friend, this conversation, she probably may or may not even remember the things I said to her, but she'll remember how I made her feel. And that's what disturbed me. Because I never wanted her to feel that from me. So we have to be cautious. Church, be careful who and what you're listening to out there. Because if it's stirring up that irritability in us... <laughs> If it's stirring up, demanding our own way in things too much, it may not be a voice from the Spirit of God. Because God stirs up love in us. Just because someone excels with a gift does not give them the complete picture in everything. So I hope you trust me as your pastor, but please don't put the pressure on me that everything I say or do is complete. Know that I am just as fallible as you are because I don't have the complete picture of what God is doing. God has a direction for this world, for each of us. And, and sometimes I, I, I may share things with you that I feel nudged from the Spirit to share. But oh my, I can't even see past today. <laughs> Do you understand? Just because someone excels in a gift doesn't mean they have the complete picture. One day, Paul says, we will have that complete picture. In other words, Jesus Christ is coming back. We're going home. Thank you for singing that song today. That's one of my faves. 
Because that's where I hold my hope, that this world is not my home. And I'm headed home. That's the journey I'm making. Not, not to gather as much stuff here on this earth as I can. I'm headed home. And I can't pack a U-Haul and take it with me when I'm gone. What song's that from, Bo? You know it comes from a song, right? <laughs> I'll have him look that up later. Verse 13, when that happens, when everything's complete, when Jesus Christ shows up, what three things are going to remain? Faith, hope, and love. Church, what's the greatest? Let me hear it. Love is the greatest. That's all that's going to remain. It ain't going to matter that I was a pastor. It ain't going to matter I could preach a good sermon. None of that's going to matter. It's going to matter how I love people. It's going to matter how I tell them about Jesus Christ. That's what's going to matter. That's what's going to remain. The greatest of these is love. I shared a quote with you on Facebook this week, and and it comes out of that book that I want to do the book study on from Dan Boone. Dan Boone is a pastor in the... Nazarene Church, he's actually president of Trevecca University right now. Um, In that passage right before this quote, he was talking about critical thinking, about, okay, if you don't know what critical thinking is, this is just when you, you take something, you start breaking it apart, you start Googling about it, you start trying to figure out about it, you start getting opinions about it, you start looking and tearing it, you deconstruct everything and, and put it back together to, to figure out the good, the bad, the ugly, and what do we keep and what do we throw away. Critical thinking is a good thing. But, he says, this is his quote, Critical thinking has its dark side. When we are convinced that we're right and they're wrong, bad things begin to happen. People are ridiculed. Relationships have litmus tests. Sidewalks are scattered with eggshells. Ostracism becomes a sport. And words become weapons rather than gifts. And here's the kicker. And something dangerous happens. In pursuing the art of being right, we lose our love. Oh, church, that is just the most timely quote I have seen. I I, I just can't even tell you how I broke down and cried when I come across this the other morning. Because unfortunately, everything I just read has happened this week. I don't know what's happening in your week. Because when we're convinced we're right and they are wrong, bad things begin to happen. People are ridiculed. Do you know twice in this week alone, my son got shamed for being vaccinated? Stop. (laughs) Stop. Vaxxed or unvaxxed, stop. Just love people. Just love people. Relationships have litmus tests. In other words, if we're going to be friends, then we got to all agree. No, we don't. I got some really close friends that, man, we disagree. Me and my own daughter, when we talk politics, oh, we don't agree. You know? It's okay. I promise. 
Sidewalks are scattered with eggshells. How many know what I'm talking about? When you know there's people, you, you walk on eggshells around because I had somebody bless their heart, start a conversation with me, and they were so scared to start the conversation. They said, wait, I need to know what you, are you vaccinated? Because I don't want to offend you, you know. It's not going to offend me either way, what you think. It, I mean, like, because what we were actually talking about really didn't have anything to do with me being vaccinated or not. You know what I'm saying. But that's what we're walking in right now. And it bugs me because I'm seeing it not just amongst people that don't really know each other. We're seeing it amongst our friends. We're seeing it amongst families right now. And I hate that. I so hate that. Ostracism becomes a sport. Hello, cancel culture. How many people can we get signed up on Twitter so we can get that person canceled? Forget that God has forgiveness and God never cancels us, by the way. But it's become a sport and our words have become weapons rather than gifts. And then the dangerous thing. We lose our love. We, we forget to just love people. My heart has been so broken this week to the point that I almost couldn't hear God about what I wanted to preach about. Because I've just seen so much ugly this week. So when I, I finally got in a still enough, quiet enough place, I said, God, what do, what do you want me to tell you people? And the only word that kept coming up Love. I need my people to love each other and everybody else. Because see, you and I, we can have conversations of opinions on vaccination and COVID. And, but let me tell you this much. No matter what your opinion is on all that, all you need to do is turn to our health care workers. And you're going to see the facts of what's happening right now. Ask our friends who couldn't get in a hospital in a timely manner. That's the facts of what's happening. Doesn't matter what you believe about the vaccination. That's the facts, people. And it breaks my heart that we're not seeing that. Because the art of being right has overridden our love. So church family, I'm going to challenge you this week. Go back to loving people, even if they believe different than you. And I know there's some of you sitting here, you believe different than me. That's okay. That's okay. But we got to love people. And then we make our decisions based on that love. That's what God calls us to do. Because you see, the Jews, they were right. We're God's people. And Jesus came and said, no, that's only partial truth. Because I came to die for everybody. That's what love is. John chapter 15. This is what I'm going to leave you with today. Jesus said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Jesus laid down his rights. 
He was the Son of God. He didn't have to hang on that cross. He laid it down for us. And he says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Let your words, let your actions, let your post, let everything you do be bathed in love this week. And like my mom always said, if you ain't got something nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's the best way to handle it sometimes. Agree to disagree and walk away. Because somebody's going to remember how you made them feel. My son didn't care that people disagreed with him getting vaccinated. But he cared how they made him feel. And that broke my heart. Broke my heart. And I can tell you story after story of this week of just conversations and phone calls I've had. And it's all because we're not loving And I'm not talking about, this is what has me stirred up, church. I'm not talking about conversations with unchurched people. I'm talking about things that are happening in the church people. Let love guide you this week. Let love guide everything in your mouth that comes out. And if that's not what's coming out, do a heart check this week. Hit your knees and and say, God, I need you to take this bitterness and this... Because that was part of my problem, you see. This is why I couldn't hear God this week, because I was getting angry. (laughs) I was getting tired, and I was getting angry, and I was like, why? (laughs) My grandma used to tell me these stories about the USA, what a great country we are. She told me her stories about polio, and and she had polio, and and the things they went through. She told me about war, and when the rations happened, and everybody had to ration, and they pulled together, and you just did what you needed to do for your country. And I just thought this week, Lord, where's that country? I don't recognize it these days. We're too busy screaming at each other, and we're too busy picking sides whether it's an election or whether it's a vaccination, I don't care. We're just picking sides. And so I had to sit on this stage in my prayer time. And I just said, God, I need you to take all of this out. All of this irritation, because love's not, not there when you're irritable. God, take all the anger out. Help me find forgiveness. Help me make amends where I need to make amends. So that I can hear your voice. And he said, love. Just love people. Let's pray. Father, we come today, and God, I know this was my heart. (laughs) Maybe this was my message today, Father. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe I'm the only one you were speaking to. But I don't think so. I think in some form we can all relate to how crazy and chaotic the times feel right now. So as the church, as your children, Father, please fill us with your spirit right now. 
head to toe. Binding the things that the enemy has infiltrated into us, bind those things and cast them so that your spirit fills every crevice. So that in this week, oh Lord, I know what I'm asking for. That means we're going to hit some hard conversations this week. We're going to hit some walls, aren't we? But Lord, let us love in everything we do this week. So that we remember when we walk away from conversations, how did I make that person feel? Because, Father, I know if they don't feel love from us, from the church, why would they want a God like you if that's who we serve? Hmm. Faith, hope, and love. That's what's going to remain. All this other stuff, it will pass away. I'd say in 100 years, who's going to remember? But this one's actually in the history books, Lord. I don't know if that applies. But in 100 years, it could make a difference in what the church looks like. It can make a difference in what a family looks like. If we love them for Christ and just love like you loved us first. then, Father, we make a difference. Father, go with your people today as they leave here and as they log off. And maybe we have things we need to sit in your presence a little longer today. I pray that ears will be opened and hearts will be tender. But then I pray that we go and we be blessings to others because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, church family. Go have a beautiful day. Board members, very short. I think Sandy has the most business, but go be a blessing to someone today. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely, Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.